Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. sports fans and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 529. I'm your host Christopher Jones coming to you live from Merritt, British Columbia and uh, hey it's Canada wide, worldwide we're, we're coming all over the world with this podcast today. Not quite as popular as uh, uh, Tucker Carlson, Car- Carson's but hey what the hell um, yeah we'll see what we can do and have fun with it. I really don't have anything to rant about. Um, football started. Rookie camp started today. Everywhere. Straight across Canada. All nine teams. Rookie camp. It's going. Training camp officially starts on Sunday. First preseason game is like in 10 days. Like, wow, we have football. I'm going to have to fire up something here and get some uh, get something working on my uh, on my computer here so that I can watch these games. But, uh, Anyhow, let's uh, open up the phone lines. We've got lots to talk about. We're going to talk a little. Uh, Charles has got a great agenda here. We're going to ignore most of it. No, part of it. Some of it. A little bit of it. And uh, we're going to go do a couple other things, and we're going to have fun. We're going to run out of time. We're absolutely going to run out of time tonight. We're talking so much about football. It's just awesome. So we're not going to waste time doing jibber-jabbering about a whole pile of stupid things like weather and, and, and Trudeau and, and Trump and anything. We're not doing any of that, okay? We're just going to talk football tonight. So, Charles, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And just so you know, I put the agenda together. We may not get to all of it because it was actually last week's agenda that we ended up not doing a show, but there was some stuff I added to it afterwards. So if we don't get to all of it, it's not the worst there, thing in the world. Rod Peterson... Rod Peterson put out a, an article this week, and one of the things, he, he's got 10 points in there. They're all about all sorts of different things because he's not just football anymore. He is hockey and, and lacrosse and boxing and everything else. But the CFL is number eight, and he had 10 points in his number eight. And, like, I could make an entire show out of it. They were all great questions. They were all great things. So, uh, if, you know, we could jump over there and play with that if we run out of, if we run out of things to talk about. But you got 12 points in this agenda. Too. We're going to deal with it. Uh, we're, yeah, we, we're going we're to go all over the place. So we're, so we're going to get right into it and talk some football right away. Uh, and uh, with, off the air, I really I pulled the other two. And I just said, how much do you want to talk about the draft? And nobody really wants to talk about the draft. So we're not going to waste a lot of time on that. Um, I don't care. Yeah, because who gives a shit? You know what? If they get signed, like Ryder signed six of their their guys, big fucking deal, okay? Um, They're going to cut them all in in training camp. So anybody that got drafted this year, uh, was there any big names? No, there was no real big names. So anyhow, we're not going to do anything about it. Welcome to the show, Rudy. How are you doing? Good. Looking forward to a good show tonight and uh, enjoying the, the warm weather in Winnipeg, finally. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about weather. It's not, yeah. not going to happen tonight. To we're talking football. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to talk football. Okay. William, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? I am fine. I, I okay. am looking forward 
to May 22nd. Monday, May yep, 22nd. First game. Is that BC Lions in Calgary? Game. That is correct. No, I think Edmonton and Calgary. That's the first exhibition game. Yes. So, um, oh, the exhibition game, yeah. But the first game of the season, the entire first game of the season, right across is BC Calgary, I think. Is that yeah, I think Calgary? Uh, BC Calgary. I think it's BC at, or it's Calgary at BC, isn't it? Yeah, June 1st. Yeah, okay. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't and know. Then, it doesn't matter. And then, and then I think football's they play coming, two we're going to watch all the games, so it really doesn't matter which one comes first. My yeah, yeah. As long as TSN yeah. shows them. Yeah. Okay, so uh, right off the bat here, we're going to talk about this. The CFL's brand-new American broadcast partner, CBS Sports Network. This is awesome. Uh, the ESPN contract where they – they broadcast a few games on ESPN2, and then the rest of them stream on ESPN+, Plus, which is great. I'm glad to see all of that. Uh, they need to broadcast more games. They're, they don't seem to be too interested in it. CBS has now jumped on board, and they are going to live broadcast on cable network in America 34 channels, or 34 games, sorry, 34 games. I don't know what 34 games yet. I, I don't think they really put out a schedule on it, but this is great. Uh, generated $1 million worth of revenue to the, uh, to the league, basically a little bit over $100,000 per team. Not a lot of money, but, hey, it's more than they had last year. It, it's it didn't, ten times, doesn't it's discount ten times what, what they're making. It's ten times what they're making from well, ESPN. No, no, because they're still making that. The ESPN contract is not dead. Yeah, but it's still ten times what they're making right? from ESPN. So they, they still make this. This is just found money. They just found a million dollars. I, I think it's wonderful. It's, it, this is great. And hopefully, and hopefully they can expand on this. Well, hopefully they'll do a better job than ESPN. Uh, I and, would, and hopefully that it's a rivalry down there where they start fighting over it. That's when the dollars go up. That's when the quality gets better. That's all tons of things happen. When CBS starts fighting with ESPN over doing this. Now, the downside to this is CBS Sports Network has no streaming service. They're strictly a cable broadcaster. Uh-huh. So for us to really elevate and escalate our profile down there, we're going to need another partner. Okay? That's basically a, it's not a bad thing. It's just this is a, a, if we're talking about baby steps, this is a really big baby step. So I'm pretty happy about that. Charles, what were you going to say there? I heard you. I was just going to say I thought it would be really cool that if they maybe at some point, I don't know if it will happen or whatnot, if they were to actually put a couple uh, on the weekends, put a couple of uh, CFL games on the what main CBS. What happened to you? You stopped talking. No, I haven't stopped talking. I'm still talking. Yeah, I don't uh, think it's the main say, CBS channel. It's not, but I thought it would be cool if they put a few games on there just to try it out. I don't know if they will. I just thought it might be a neat thing. Well, it would be very but it's cool. Not. It's with the CBS Sports Network, which is a, a cable um, sports network. TSN. They're basically a, a rival like of ESPN, in other words. Yeah. So well, with the radar, well, I heard, 
You never know. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I was just gonna say, could Rudy, what were you gonna say? The writer strike. I say with the, with the, with the, the Hollywood writer strike going on, who knows? They might be looking for content on CBS. You never know. I'm not sure yep. how long the strike still lasts. Good point. That, that, that's valid. William, you had something to say so, there. What I heard was that with ESPN, they're very they they put CSL games on some channels and they never announce when they're going to put it on a certain channel, and it's a crapshoot when you can see a CSL game. Hopefully, CBS puts a little more effort into it and tells people when the CFL games are going to be on and what channels they're going to be on. And it just gives us, it just gives us, I mean, you know what? If 5,000 people, a little bit of professionalism. If 5,000 5, people watch it on CBS, it's a new, another 5,000 fans, which, which creates demand, which creates for a bigger, a bigger contract next time. So, Let's just hope. Let's just hope. Yeah, I, 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 it's pretty exciting, and I'm pretty stoked about this. Uh, it's a big step forward, and you know, the more excitement that can be generated in America, the more or the less we're going to hear about Atlantic Canada. That's just kind of my hope. Uh, it's really my and, hope. And you know what? Um, the other thing I'm thinking, Christopher. Imagine if CBS televises the CFL draft, how big that will be. Come on, say uh, Yeah, you kind of... <laughs> My head hurts. You kind of lost credibility there. Okay. Yeah, it did, it did. He went south. Okay, okay I, great news. Uh, found money, an extra $100,000. What business couldn't use an extra $100,000? Uh, it's a small part of their budget, but you know what? So be it. it it's, it's good for them. I'm happy for this. Moving on, former CFL great BC Lions quarterback, NFL Minnesota Vikings, I believe, uh, won the very first Grey Cup for the BC Lions back in 1963, 64, 63, 64. I think. 64. 64, my bad. It was six. They were in the final. That was the Great Cup of '63? That was the Angelo Mosca hit. Yes, yes, that's right. Uh, that's why I remember that one. Uh, Joe Kalp, uh the great former CFLer, former NFLer. Uh, he dies, unfortunately, age 85. Nothing the matter with that. Great life. Uh, battling dementia for the last couple of years. Uh, he seemed to have his shit together when he, uh, him and Moscow went at it on stage a few years back, but that's got to be 10, 15 years ago now. So, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a sad day. Uh, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of people saying that, okay, well, you know, there's, they're going to be challenged to keep Joe Cap and Moscow apart up in heaven. And, uh, and I'm going, there's no fucking way Moscow went to heaven. So there's, there's just absolutely no way. So there's no fighting between these two guys at all, right? There's one one's in this, is off playing golf and watching football and and babes, and the other one is roasting weenies or something. I don't know what he's doing, but he they're not in the same place. 
Okay, that's uh, my take on this one. Charles, what do you got to say about our former quarterback? Well, one of the all-time greats, certainly. uh, He was the only, only, I believe, the only quarterback to start both a Grey Cup and a Super Bowl. Uh, He's the only one, I believe. Uh, He was the one, he came over on a big trade from Calgary and really brought the Lions instant credibility coming in because ever since the Lions had joined as an expansion team in 54, they really hadn't taken that yeah. step forward until they brought in Joe, uh, Joe Cap, until they brought in Willie Fleming, and that's when the Lions actually became uh, uh, a team. Uh, well, not I mean, they were always a team, but a team to be reckoned with. They went to back-to-back Grey Cups in 63 and 64, uh, largely due to Cap's play. He was a legend. He came back in to BC in 1990 as GM. We're not going to talk much about that because we don't want to speak ill of the dead. Uh, but he was an all-time legend, Joe Cap. Uh, he was one of the best quarterbacks probably ever to play in the CFL. So uh, he's a legend, and, uh, yeah, he's going to be missed. I mean, but he had a nice long life, 85 years old, had success in the CFL, had success in the NFL, and ended up having a, a success as a coach, too, in U.S. college for, um, uh, I believe it was at USC. It was one of the, no, it's uh, California, University of California. And there's a very famous uh, clip from the early 1980s of a last play of the game kick return for a touchdown. Nobody thought the guy was going to return uh, the uh, kick for a touchdown, and he did. And actually, the opposing team's marching band had already come out on the field and started celebrating because they thought they had basically already won the game. And the kick returner ran the ball and actually crashed in to the marching band in the team's end zone. And it was actually Joe Cap with the coach of that team. So, so he had his success there in U.S. college too. So uh, he'll, he'll always be known as a great uh, CFL player, great football player in general. And he was an actor. He appeared in several movies, not the least of which The Longest Yard with Burt Reynolds, one of the great uh, football movies. So he kind of did it all, Joe Cap. Yep. So he was a, he was a good guy, and, um, uh, and uh, he'll be remembered fondly. He will be. What happened to you, William? Big fingers, or did the bitch get rid of you? Yeah, I was I was digging to make sure Charles was accurate about Joe Cap. Uh, you said he won a – what was that? He was the only guy who did what, Charles? He was the only person to start both the Grey Cup and the Super Bowl. He didn't win them both. He didn't win the Super Bowl, but he started both. What's that? Joe Theismann Joe did both as well. My mistake. You're correct about that. Okay. So, but he didn't win the Great Cup either. Okay, he's one of two then. <laughs> yeah, he lost the Great Cup. So that's what I was doing. I was I was wanted to I wanted wanted to diss Charles Christopher. I was looking for statistics. So you know, because that's I'm my mistaken. goal in life is to is to diss Charles because I hate him so much. Anyways, thank you. Um, yeah. What a nice guy. <laughs> Anyways, yes, Joe Cap. I don't remember Joe Cap much because he was really old. But I think I remember Joe Cap more for fighting Angelo Mosca <laughs> as old men than anything else. Okay? So that was but, that was brilliant. I loved it. Yes. And it's gonna be on video forever and ever and ever. So you know Oh, it but, will be. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it keeps yeah. coming up over and over again. 
Yeah. I, I honestly, I think somebody should post it on Let's Talk CFL right now because it, it, it seems like the time to do it. I mean, we yeah. posted it when uh, when Mosca died. Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, and I mean, Mosca. And I mean, Mosca lost that fight. Joe Cap won that fight, so we should post. Oh it yeah, and, and Mosca had a weapon, and he still lost. I know. You know what? I just so. realized where my mistake was. I said he was the first, the only quarterback to start a Super Bowl and a Grey Cup. He's actually the only quarterback to start a Super Bowl, a Grey Cup, and the Rose Bowl. That's where I missed it. Ah, okay. Did he win the Rose Bowl at least? I believe he did. Yes. Uh, uh, hold on. Uh, Hopefully, he got one of those. No, they lost the Rose Bowl. Lost the Rose Bowl to Iowa. Well, he won a great cup, and that's all that matters. Yep. Okay. Let's uh, move along from Mr. Cap because he's gone. Uh, The next up is the rule changes for this year. Uh, There's some people who are really having some pissy contests about some of the rules that happened that did change, and why are we changing rules at all? And, you know, oh, we didn't used to change this many rules. Yeah, we did used to change the rules yes, all the time. Did. It just wasn't in social media in your face, okay? You just didn't know it was happening. So uh, these are the rule changes. We've got some that are kind of interesting. I almost like a few of them. Uh, the requirement for the ball to be touched prior to ruling a rouge on a kickoff has been removed. So now if the kickoff is kicked off from the kicker's foot, goes through the air, goes through the end zone, it's a rouge, where before it didn't count as a rouge unless somebody touched it. Okay? So now it it is more in line with a field goal or a punt or anything else. Uh, I always wondered why that was like that, and they obviously they changed it. So they've just added another scoring, potential scoring play to the rules. Uh, let's uh, talk about this one because I, I am a huge fan of the Rouge. I think it's a very important part of the Canadian game. Um, every, a lot of people say you shouldn't be rewarded for missing a field goal. We all know that you're not rewarded for missing a field goal. You're you are rewarded for getting the ball in the end zone, which is what the whole purpose of the game is. You got the ball in the end zone, you got one point. If you actually put it through the uprights, you would have got three points. Okay, so it's a victory. It's a it's a good play. Uh, the rouge, no matter what, is 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 a huge part of the game. Uh, so yeah, I'm kind of this is good. I'm I'm not overly excited about it, but you know what? Hey. Anything to improve the game and a new scoring play, I'm all over it. Charles, are you yeah, for or against keeping the rouge? Pardon me? Are you for or against That's the rouge? Right, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. We can keep the rouge. I'm not it's against a, it. It's a, it's a very integral part of our game. Sure. Okay. Uh, uh, I I don't mind the rouge. I just I would like to be see it adjusted a little bit. But other than that, I don't have a problem with it. How, um, how would you adjust it? 
The only adjustment I would make is that I would require to get to Rouge, I would require the ball to land inbounds in the end zone. I don't like it if you kick a field goal and it sails up across because it didn't actually, to me, it doesn't actually enter the end zone. To me, it's it's the same effect as if a quarterback throws a ball, a receiver jumps up, catches it while over top the end zone, but he comes down out of bounds, he doesn't get awarded a touchdown for that. This is, to me, is the same way. You have to have a little bit of skill in it. So I think to get the rouge, it literally, the ball should have to hit the ground in the end zone. It should have to hit ground in the, it can bounce out of bounds, that's fine. But I think if you want to be awarded at least a point, you should at least touch the ball in bounds in the scoring area. Other than that, I don't have a problem with the rouge. Okay, so here's, here's my problem with what you're saying. The offensive team... The team that's on offense, okay? Right. Marches the ball down to the 45-yard line. And then they can't go any further, so they try a field goal. They miss the field goal. The ball lands in the end zone, okay? And they get a point. Okay? Right. The offensive team, the team on offense, marches the ball down to the 5-yard line. Right. More exciting, okay? But right. they can't put it, punch it in. So now they have to kick a field goal. So their kicker kicks the field goal into the upper upper deck, okay? It doesn't touch the the end zone because it's so close. Should they be penalized even though they did a better job walking down the field? But they didn't get You're the ball into the end zone. Here's the thing. You, you can make the same argument for a team that that uh, that drives down, gets to the two-yard line, but gambles on third down and doesn't get it in. They still did a better job, but they don't get any points because they didn't get the ball into the end zone. A kicker who misses a field right. goal and it goes into the upper deck, the ball never goes into the end zone. It crosses the goal line, but it doesn't touch down there. It's the same thing as if you go for it from the two-yard line and don't get in. It didn't get in the end zone. Well, they did get the ball in the end zone. No, it went they across the goal line. They, didn't. they got it over the end zone. Well, I, I understand your argument. I just don't. I'm not buying it. The end zone is scoring area. And that's perfectly okay. The end okay. zone is the scoring area. It should at least touch the ground in the scoring area. That's I've always thought that. Other than that, no. I'm I'm fine with everything else. Okay, William. What's your take on it? What, what, what's, my, what's my take on it? My take on it is this. You just wasted be any six, minutes, six minutes of my life that I will never get back talking about fucking kicking. Okay? I'm not going to talk about kicking. Okay? Not going to talk about it. What okay. a waste okay. of my let's, life. Let's let's move on Sorry. from this then. Okay, Rudy, you got a you got your kick at the can here. Give Rudy his kick. No, no pun uh, intended. <laughs> I I like the rouge. I I love I like the kicking game, the CFL. It's a big part of the the game. Um, and I mean, people that whine about oh, it's no, you don't want to see a great cup decided on a on a single point. Well, guess what? 
a team had 59 minutes and 59 seconds to not make it come down to a single point. So, you know what, too bad. Rules are fair for both teams and keep the rouge forever. And I do like the rule okay. change because okay. it makes it consistent with the other rules. That's it. Let's, let, we're moving on to the next rule here. A safety has been added to the options for holding in the team's own goal area. Okay, so what this means is that if the ball's placed on the one-yard line, the offense has the ball in their own end, right? And so the quarterback takes the snap, he, he, he backpedals into the pocket, he is now in the end zone itself, okay? And there is a holding penalty by the O-line, the defensive team now has the option to, you know, they can take, uh, they can give up a down, or now the, the option is that they, they can have a safety. So they get two points, and the uh, uh, team on offense now has to kick the ball away. I don't mind this. I do have a bit of a problem with giving points away on a penalty. Now, my point being is that if there, because there's no, it's impossible to say that that holding call prevented a sack. Okay, it's just a holding call. It could have prevented a sack, and, and, and that was, is bad. So it would have been a safety. So I understand where this is coming from. But there's no guarantee that that holding call prevented the quarterback from being sacked. This is the same argument that I have for pass interference in the end zone. Okay? Pass interference in the end zone, the team on offense gets the ball at the defender's one-yard line. Well, it's pass interference in the end zone. Why don't you just award them the touchdown? What's the difference between that and this? William. Sorry. What was the question? What's the difference? Oh, Jesus, what are you doing? Are you not even paying attention? I am, but you just send the, the rants. Go ahead. I just Go ahead. I didn't. Uh, what's, they're, they're now awarding a safety for a holding call in the end zone. So what's the difference between awarding a safety for a holding call in the end zone because it could have been a sack? What's the difference between that and awarding a touchdown for a pass interference in the end zone? Because a lot of the, I mean, their DBs are trained to take a PI call if they're going to catch a, a, a a touchdown pass. So they're they're trained to do that. So why don't we award that guy a touchdown? What's the difference? Uh, I I don't. So you're telling me when a quarterback is in the end zone and they get a holding call. Yes. They're gonna they're gonna award the other team a safety. Is that correct? That's correct. Well, that's fucking dumb. 
That's well, the, the that's the, the new. Zone, though, right? Yes, me? the holding right. call has to be in the end zone. Okay, but that's dumb. Oh, I don't know if the holding what? call actually has to be in the end zone or not. Yeah, that, well, that no, no, has to be in the end zone when a holding call is. We just assuming yeah, that the O line takes a step backwards, right? Yeah, but the O line fucking holds on every goddamn play. So what I difference know. does it make? What difference does it make if it's on the goal line? Just because a guy holds someone doesn't mean that that guy was going to tackle the quarterback. Come on, that's that really? was my point. That's stupid. Oh well. Um, and as far as I'm not opposed to the rule, I just don't think that it was well thought out. No, not at all. I mean, you know what? If 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 a guy is running to the quarterback and he gets tackled by an offensive lineman, then I could see it. If it's blatant, then you can see it. But then that would make that would make to mean that they had to make another judgment call, and we know how well they do with judgment calls. Yeah, exactly. Good point. So, wow. And as far as as far as D backs, you know, pass interference in the end zone to stop a touchdown, I it's been going on forever, so I wouldn't change that. Yeah, but. I'm, I'm not saying they should be awarded a touchdown. I'm saying that if this rule is going ahead and we're giving these guys points because of a penalty, then why aren't we giving those guys points because of a penalty? That, that was that my only... Fund, fundamentally, it's the same thing. Yeah, it is. It, it is. That's, that was my point. Wow. Okay. The concept is exactly the same. Charles, what's your take? What do you? Th- how do you like this? You know, pro con indifferent. Yeah, I initially liked this rule at first until I, you brought up that analogy. I saw you online. You brought it up about the pass interference. I'm like, you know what? You're right. That's the same thing. So, I don't like points being awarded for penalties. Uh, you're basically giving away points, uh, as far as I'm concerned. So I. I I don't think it's a good idea. I don't like it. Uh, the more I thought of it, because, uh, like you said, that holding could be completely inconsequential to the play. He might have had the guy being held might have had no uh, contact with the quarterback at all. But you're still going to give him two points for that? I don't like that. So yeah, I'm not. I don't mind most of the rules. This one, the more I think about it, the more I don't like it. Okay, I, I accept that. I, I'm not arguing with you. I, I looked at it originally because Mark Wetnall posted this, and he said he, he just said, "What the hell are we doing, right?" Uh, and I actually defended the first part of my thing was I defended it because it made sense. But if you're going to do that, you have to do this. If you're going to do A, you have to do B. And I don't see them doing awarding a touchdown for a PI call. Nor so, should they. No. 
but hang on. If it's absolutely blatant, how many times have you been angry about it happening, Charles? No, that's How many true, times have you yelled at the TV set or, or thrown things in the oh, stadium or whatever else, yeah, right? Oh, no, you're right. And then you get the ball, at, you get first and goal at the one, and you get stopped. But you would have had a sure touchdown if that P.I. call wasn't so blatant. I mean, they literally just tore the guy down. I mean, how many times did that happen to Manny where they just took him out? Yeah, it's true. So I, I I disagree with awarding points for it, but in reality, there needs to be some greater penalty than first and goal from the one. Especially if you were already first and goal at the one. That always blows me away. Why would you not take a penalty? The, 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 the other team is your first down, first and goal from the one, okay? The defending yeah. team can do anything right now. They can be PI calls. They can be offside. They can do anything. What? There's no penalty. All, all they do is you repeat the down, Okay. You, you don't get closer to the end zone. You don't get it. I, personally, I think if you get a, if, if within the five-yard line or, or let's just say from the one-yard line, you get a penalty, you should be awarded a point. You need to award a safety, award two points to the offensive team and let them go first down, first and down, first and goal from the one again. Then they could end up with nine points if they got a touchdown. There needs. Could you do me a favor and post this on the group? I want to read the responses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can do that. I can do that. I but know. Do you I know what, what the response saying, is going to be. It could be entertaining. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to get called an idiot again. Um, but. You know, it, 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 as Charlie Brown says, you know, stupid should hurt. How do people learn if, if stupid doesn't hurt? And it, it's the same thing. Is you could be first and goal at the one for ten plays if the defense just keeps taking a penalty. And all they're doing is preventing you from getting in the end zone, but they're doing it and they're doing their job, but they're not getting penalized. I have a problem with it. I, I don't know. It's just, it doesn't seem right to me. Rudy. Well, I can see a lot of We're talking about the this. safety I mean, here. We, we get a safety yeah. now if you get charged with holding in the end zone. Yeah, I'm, I can see a lot of controversy with that because, I mean, there could be some big calls, some big turning points on a, on a cheesy holding call. Um <sighs> My other question is, will it be reviewable? It's a scoring play, so could you not challenge the holding? Wouldn't that should be able, you should be able to challenge holding then? Okay, well, or reviewed it, by the command. You shouldn't. It, it, hang on. If it's a scoring, if it becomes a scoring play, it should automatically be reviewed. Right. 
Yeah, but will it? Like that, okay, I don't know so you shouldn't have be... to waste a challenge on it. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, but it's okay. the CFL. It, it so should. And it, it because it's a scoring play, it should automatically be reviewed. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the next, I, I next one is a bit of a ch- a next one is a bit of a challenge to understand. The defensive formation has been restricted on kick plays. So pay attention in this, Will, because it's important to, to kicking plays. The number of players within two yards of the line of scrimmage on either side of the long snapper has been restricted to a maximum of six players at the snap. Okay, hang on. There's 12 players on the football team. If we're allowed to have six on each side of the long snapper, We just became the riders with too many men. Yeah, because that would be 13. <laughs> well, not counting the kicker either. That would be 14. Actually, that would be 14. Yeah, okay. So the number of players within two yards of the line of scrimmage on either side of the long snapper has been restricted to a maximum of six players. Oh, it's not six players per side. It's a maximum of six players Plus the long snapper, there's only allowed to have six player, seven players close to the line of scrimmage within two yards. Okay. Now that's the defense. Okay, so when you kick the ball, you're on defense. That doesn't make sense. This restriction does not apply if the offense lines up in an unbalanced line or if an offensive player moves or motions from their initial position. This restriction only applies to field goal and kick convert attempts. This change is in the spirit of player safety to avoid grossly overloading the defensive line on one side of the long snapper. This is a dumb fucking rule. Whoever has to keep track it's, of this should be deserves a bunch of money, because I, I don't know what they're talking about. This is weird. They're making it too complicated. They're saying you can only have seven people on the line of scrimmage unless the other team has eight, then you're allowed another one. Or if a guy moves, I don't know. This is too confusing. Yeah. You know, the, the officials as it is have a hard time officiating this game. This is just dumb, okay? Now, here's, here's the next rule is something I, I, I don't understand either. Why do we do this? Avoidable, avoidable contact with an official. It shall be illegal for a player 
or an authorized member of a team bench area to make avoidable contact with an official. Hasn't this always been a rule? You're not allowed to touch an official. Even if you like, just put your hand on his shoulder, you can get thrown out of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're standing on the sidelines and you trip the official, you should be thrown out of the game, and the team's your your team gets awarded a a, a massive ugly penalty. Okay, so I, I already thought this was a rule. Personally, I already thought this was a rule. It's, uh, this includes providing a safe workplace, workspace, by keeping the sidelines clear during a play. Officials cannot properly officiate a game if their attention is being diverted to the sidelines in hope of avoiding a collision or an injury. Okay, so why don't we just say that any player, any coach, anybody on the sidelines for in your team area steps onto the field during a play, you get a 25-yard penalty. They don't have to make contact with an official or another player or, or the mascot or anything. Stay the fuck off the field. Maybe 25 yards is abusive and ridiculous. Make it 10 yards. I don't know. But if somebody's on the playing field because they're trying to get closer to to see something, Wally Buono was terrible at this. He was always on the field, even during the play. Yes, he was. And I totally, I'm sorry, there's an invisible line there. You don't cross it. It's like the bar in a courtroom. You don't go onto the field. You shouldn't go onto the field after the play is over unless you're substituting a player on the field. You want to talk to an official? There's now an official on your sidelines that's dedicated there for you to chat with. You don't need to go talk to the guy on the field. You don't need to go onto the field to yell at your player. Just because you're two feet closer to him doesn't mean he can hear you better. I, touching an official is a, a, a penalty. Subjectionable contact. It always has been. Does anybody have anything to say about this? This is about a, a, having a, a safe workspace for the officials. I, I, I don't disagree. But this is fucking lame. And I don't understand how it makes a difference. Rudy, start this one off. You know, I I, like agree with you. It it sounds like they're going to leave this open to interpretation, and you can see some strange calls, some guys getting thrown out for inadvertently hitting or like a. I don't know. Seems like this could get ugly. Because there's already a rule in place that, like you said, if you hit a referee or something, you're getting a flag or kicked out of the game. So I don't know where they're going with this. Like, are they looking for I, – I, I don't know what they're, what they're going to be calling. I guess we'll find out. 
I mean, it's... who decides what's avoidable and unavoidable? Oh, it's, it's the command center. Eye in the sky. Yep. This, this goes up to the command center. This goes back to and, their And they decide the whether or not this, this, this was avoidable. It's still a judgment call. It's just not a judgment call by the on-field officials. And no, they get the to look at it over and over and over, and over again to find out what, whether or not there was intent. Mm-hmm. Mm, I, I, I don't know. We've got, a, we've got an existing rule right now regarding contacting the officials. I, I didn't know that we had this problem. Yeah. This seems like a rule that we, didn't, we didn't need. Well, my fear is right? any new rule, they'll be, they're, they're going to be extra vigilant and they'll be throwing guys out for no reason because the new rule though they're going to they're going to want to uh they're going to want to prove a point early in the season and it could get ugly in my well, you can't somebody has to make contact with an official to, to for this to work okay is the official going to run in the way um i remember duran carter duran carter mm-hmm. took out an official when he was running down the sideline once do you remember that charles Yes. He he mowed right over the official, and and the guy got hurt. But he was in the play. It was it. The play was going on, and I I believe that a receiver or a running back or anybody with the ball, the ball carrier, has the right to the field. I agree. I I don't. I, I, you know, they were calling for a suspension on Carter, and I don't think it happened. And I think the refs actually threatened to go on strike or something, and it, it was a big kerfuffle. But, um, yeah, I just, I, you, you don't mess with an official. They're not getting paid enough to get beat up. I, I don't agree with this new rule. I, it just it, it, we already had something in place. Why did it get changed? William, you have anything to say on this? Yeah, I mean, you know what? Like you said, there's a rule in place. I don't know why they decided to change it. I know you can't touch officials, um, and now you're going to make a ruling on if it was intentional or not. I mean, let's face it, most of the times it's not intentional. Okay? They just get in the way sometimes. If it's intentional, if somebody intentionally hurts the referee, they should be suspended for the season. Yeah, well. Sure. Something like that, sure. Just got, I'm, I'm sorry, you're gone. Think about this one. You got a timeout, buddy. You aren't. You're in the corner with the dunce hat on. But there's a rule for that. Like you said, you get that's a that's like you're gone or ejected. Do you see an official? It's in the rule yeah, book. Ejected from the game isn't sufficient. 
But, you know, there's a – I understand what they're saying is this isn't – it's not with malice, okay? It's not somebody physically assaulting the official. It's somebody be, getting in the way. Yeah. That's and, the other and, thing. And it's is avoidable because you shouldn't have been on the field. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it, it's just one of those things. I, I, we're going to move on from this one right now because I, I – I, how can they actually sit around a boardroom table and say that this was a good idea? Because we get bored of talking about Halifax. <laughs> okay. This, this one always gets me. Move the drive start position up five yards in additional scenarios. Uh-huh. In 5A, if a kicked ball strikes the goalpost assembly in flight when team B – hi, Patty – when Team B intercepts a ball or recovers a fumble in their own goal area, the next point of scrimmage should be at the 30-yard line. What the fuck did they just say? If a kicked ball strikes the goalpost assembly in flight, and when Team B intercepts a ball or recovers a fumble in their own goal area, the next point of scrimmage should be the 30-yard line. Why? I personally think it should be the one-yard line. Put it at the one-yard line. No, because that's a disadvantage to the team getting the ball then. Yeah. Okay. Look, okay, hang on a second. You, Team A, Team A is on offense, okay? Team A throws the ball into the end zone to their receiver. Team B intercepts that ball, okay? The scrimmage line was the 10-yard line. So it's now Team B's ball at the 30-yard line. Why isn't it at the old scrimmage line? Why not just move it outside of the goal line at the one? You intercepted it in the goal in the goal area, so we're going to let you come out of the goal area. We're going to give you at at the one yard line. Why do we just gift them thirty yards? This this rule. And it, 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 it's not a new rule. The old rule was we gifted them 25 yards. I disagreed with that. The ball should scrimmage from the old scrimmage line. If it was on the 35, it's on the 35. If it was on the 2, it's on the 2. You turn the ball over at the scrimmage line. But that's a change of possession, like a punt, and if the punt goes into the end zone, then they bring it out to the 30-yard line. 
So how's this different? Because yeah. it's a chain of it's a chain. It's a oh, chain uh, hang, hang on. In the, in the end zone. Hang on. It, for a punt, if you kick the ball into the end zone on a punt, it, 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 it's, a, it's a rouge. It's a single point. You actually pay to have that ball moved out. That's a good point. That's true. Okay. You pay a point, and then you get to scrimmage at the 30. Okay. Those 30 yards were not a gift. Right? You had to give up a point for that. You had a good point there. I mean, personally, I... So, you know, I I don't understand it. If If you catch the ball in the end zone and you drop to a knee, why are we gifting you 30 yards? Either run the ball out or take it at the one-yard line. So, or, or why don't we just do it the same as a rouge? If you catch the ball on a punt in the end zone, take a knee, you give up a point, you get to the 30. If you intercept the ball in the end zone, take a knee, give up a point, and take it to the 30. Otherwise, you get sent out of the goal yard at once, right? You get out of the end zone. I, I don't know why we're gifting them three yards. Ready? Um, I I was fine with the old rule. Get at the twenty-five. I think that was a fair compromise. I don't think I didn't get. I mean, making a choice to one is unfair. I mean, there's got to be some type of reward for making a, a, a big play in the end. So I'm fine with with twenty-five. But you do. You get possession um, of the ball. Yeah, but at the one yard line, that's not great. You have two down. Okay, and you're so backed up in your. You, you, intercept, you intercept the ball on the 45 yard line. What happens? Do you get an extra 20 yards because you intercepted the ball? Yeah, but it's not in the goal line. It's a, it's a different set of rules in the goal line. Right, in the end zone. That's where the ball's down. It's like you get above 35. It's like the NFL. The touchback. They scrimmage the 20 on the interception in the NFL. Uh, so let's not I talk mean, about the NFL because they, cause they give yards all over the place I mean, for nothing. I, mean, I, I, I don't understand that, I, that league. The rule that the rule that I hate is that you scrimmage at the 45 after a successful field goal. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, Making a making a field goal and you get punished by giving the team the ball at center field basically. That the, how how is that how is that making? Sense? Okay, next one is a penalty application with fouls in the goal area will apply be applied from the thirty or fifteen yard dependent upon the foul. I don't know what that means. I, I, I honestly don't know what that means. Can you say that again, sorry? I kind of missed it. A penalty 
applications with fouls in the goal area will be applied from the 30 or the 15-yard line dependent upon the foul. I don't know what that means. Is that having to attack the applicant in the goal line? Is that, that going to change? Like, I don't know. <clears throat> That's a weird... William, do you have yeah. any idea what that means? I have no idea whatsoever. There's okay. people out there smarter than us, guys. Oh, I don't think so. When a penalty or ruling awards possession of the ball to the opponent, the point of possession will be moved up five yards. There it is. They're giving away free yards again. I, I, we're just going to skip the rest of this because it makes no fucking sense. Okay. The last rule change. A team cannot have two players with the number zero on their jersey. Some players have the letter zero, and some players have double zero. You're not allowed to have a zero and a double zero. You are allowed to have a one and a double one. You can have a two and a double two. But you can't have a can zero I, and a double zero. Can I take a page out of Will's uh, vocabulary here for a second? Okay. What a waste of fucking time. Who cares? Zero and double zero. Like, is that really even worth a rule? Did they sit around and get paid well, to come up with that rule? Wearing zero and double zero? Stupid. Well, I, you know what is even funny is I have, I there's num, the numbering system of players actually matters. Okay, eligible yeah, receivers does. will wear number zero to forty nine and seventy to ninety nine, but fifty to sixty nine, those those guys can't be receivers. Correct. But who cares if they're wearing zero and double zero? Why does it make a difference? But but I have a I have a problem here. Who can't catch the ball? What do you mean? Who on offense is not allowed to catch the ball? Offensive linemen. But they have. If the report is eligible, yeah. That's correct. Or if it gets tipped up in the air, if it's deflected, they're allowed to. What difference does it make? They were not the first person to touch the ball after it was thrown. No, 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 Charles, you're missing my point. My point is... Who cares? I agree. If the, if, the quarterback, if the quarterback throws the ball and a big fat guy catches it, 
we get to watch the big fat guy run down the goal line. And then we, if he funny. scores, we get to watch a big fat guy do the dance. We like this. This is entertaining. Yeah, that's funny. Okay. So why do we have eligible receivers and ineligible receivers? Why can't anybody on the field catch the ball when they're on offense? No, it's like we're That's reinventing like saying, the wheel. Okay. E linemen aren't allowed to intercept the ball. Okay? It can only be linebackers and DBs. Does that make sense? I, no, I don't know. No, it does not. It makes no sense. Okay. We're done with the rules. Taking up an hour. <laughs> Let's go find something else to talk about. I told you we're going to run out of time. We should have made this a four-hour show. I could have done that. Not sure. It would have worked. Show cap dies, announcing the rules. Okay, four teams were fined for exceeding the CFL salary cap in 2022, including the Bombers and the Argos, which were the two great cup teams. The other two teams were the Montreal Alouettes and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. It was Montreal, was it, or was it Ottawa? Hang on. I'm going to ask. Uh, it was Ottawa. Article. Ottawa. I think it was Ottawa. Ottawa. Yeah, yeah, it was. Ottawa and Hamilton were also fine. Um, we do have... I. The salary cap, to me, it, it, we have a salary cap. You, you're not supposed to go over it. You go over it, you're cheating. Okay? It's this it's, it's simple fact. You're breaking a rule. Management knows to the penny how much they're spending on on players every week. Every week. So they know exactly how much they're over the salary cap at any one given time. And they can adjust that so that they're not over the salary cap. So if they violate or exceed the salary cap, they did it on purpose. They knew what they were doing, and they did it anyhow. There's malice. The penalty is not stiff enough. If you're over the salary cap, you should lose a draft pick. Okay? Regardless of what it is, how much, if you're under, if you're under $10,000 over, then you lose the a fourth round or fifth round or a sixth round draft pick. If it's between ten and thirty thousand dollars over the salary cap, you lose a fourth round, you know, and, and it goes up until you get to a hundred thousand dollars, where you lose a number one draft pick, a first round draft pick, which is what the rule is right now. Okay. Now. The fine, the fine is a me- meager amount of money 
compared to what you are going over the cap by. Ottawa, I think, went over by $472. So they're fined $472 for cheating. Now, they only got four wins, so they didn't really accomplish anything with their cheating, but they still cheated. So I have an idea, and the idea is that the amount of money you were over the salary cap by is multiplied by the amount of wins that you had in the season. So the $472 is multiplied by four, and Ottawa now has a $1,600 fine. But Winnipeg, who exceeded the cap by the most, which I think was $66,000, is multiplied by 13 which was the amount of wins that they had. And, and now we're talking about a fine. Now they finally got, somebody got fined for going over the salary cap. Mm-hmm. Because the quote-unquote fine now is a joke. No one's going to not pay that. That's not going to stop. Nobody cares. Yeah. No. It's minuscule. So the fine should multiply by the amount of wins that you got in the season. Mm Mm-hmm. So if, if Winnipeg was only over by $472 and they had 13 wins on the season, well, okay, it's a $5,000 fine. Yippee. Right? Big deal. But they went over the cap by $66,000. Now we're talking about a million dollars in fines. Can't afford it. Winnipeg can. They can't break. They posted $4.9 million in profit last year. They can't afford afford it. Don't go over but if another, Where Edmonton lost like, $3.3 million. Yeah. And I'm surprised Edmonton's not over the way they were spending money. Um, but Montreal, if they were over, I mean, they would go broke. Montreal wasn't over. Well, not. Um, not this year. I think what you can do is if you're over by a certain amount of money, then your 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 fine goes up. You know, like the bombers, fifty thousand. Probably, you know, if you find them, you know, two hundred thousand dollars for that. I think that would be a fair number. And I mean, Ottawa, they should just say that's not even. If you're over the cap by less than a thousand bucks, then that should just not even be a fine. That should just you're, you know, get a warning. Okay. Who cares about a couple hundred bucks? See, when I was young and I first got my driver's license, we used to get penalty points in BC. Now you still do, but not very often. So when it came to your birthday, you had to renew your driver's license. You had to pay for your penalty points, and it was squared whatever the points were. So you had three points. You had to pay nine bucks. But if you're somebody like me who had 30 points, it got squared, and you ended up having to pay $900. And that was a lot of money back in 1978. 
to, to be able to drive. So, you know, maybe we should have some factor. As it goes up, it becomes more it's progressive, shall we say. Right now, the salary cap, everybody says it's just the cost of doing business. We'll pay the okay, fine. Have... Don't worry about it. Yes, we cheated. but And yes, oh, I'm sorry, we got caught cheating. We really feel bad about being caught. We don't really feel bad about cheating, but we feel bad about being caught cheating. Uh, oh, yeah, we're just going to write a check. Don't worry about it. It's got to hurt. Oh. Something has I'm, to happen. I'm, Hamilton's going to be over this year. Hamilton is going to throw everything they can to, at the, to win the Great Cup this year. I'm sure they'll be over, and they'll pay the fine. Bob will, Bob will write a check. Yeah, I'll just pay the fine. I don't care. I think we have, so to, get more cre- we have to get more creative with the punishment. I think. Yeah. It's I think a, if a team it's goes, an absolute joke if, right now. I think if a team goes over, they should they should hobble the general manager and the head coach, and the player that puts them over the salary cap. They should castrate them. What do you think? Okay. Good luck. It, it'll it, it'll make a mark. Okay, it'll say don't do that. If okay, it's only well, money, you're okay. to talk like you, you're trying to create so, transgenders in my CFL game now. Don't do that. So, so it's a little, it's a little different, and and I know we don't like compare leagues, but it's a little different in the NFL. Um, I mean, they have fines up to five million dollars, and they also, and they also. They also take away draft picks, okay, which which wouldn't really be a big thing in the CFL because it's only the fucking Canadian draft, okay? I know. Um, and if we did away with it, the ratio, we'd do away with the draft, and then we don't have any penalties anymore. But so also, I don't want to tie it to the – I don't want to tie the no, draft pick to it. But they also say they void contracts. You know, what's wrong with taking a player away from a team? That might say something. Yeah. The player that the player that puts you over the contract void and they become the free or, agent. Or any player. A player of their choice. You know what I mean? The the the, well, the bigger the bigger the bigger you go over the cap, the bigger the player is. Yeah you you can't do that. I, I I'm not you can do anything you want. I just don't. I just don't agree with that. What if? What if we reduce their salary cap for the next year? Okay. Yeah, that could be. But then they're just going to exceed it because there's no real penalty. Oh, good point. Well, but then the gate-driven league. Then we. I mean, you're going to lose money when you when your team goes four and fourteen. See the NFL you can afford to handle those big those big penalties and, and, and pay traffic because the owners are all billionaires and they don't they don't blink. 
CFL is a little bit different. No. Yeah, so uh, I, I understand over the, cap. It's the importance of a salary cap. I understand that there needs to be penalties for the salary cap, but at this point in time, the penalties for the salary cap are a joke. So until the league does something about it, it, it really doesn't matter. Hamilton's now exceeded the cap twice. Argos have exceeded the cap twice. Winnipeg has exceeded the cap two times or three times now. And Saskatchewan's been over it four times. Okay? Edmonton, Calgary, and British Columbia have not exceeded the cap in the history of the salary cap, salary management system in the league. Those three teams have never been over the cap. They're better cheaters. In your opinion. Or they're just cheap. Yeah, Wally Buana was cheap. He was closer to being fined for not spending enough money because he always bonused his players out at the end of the year because he had too much salary cap left. Mm-hmm. I, I I think Hoffman and Buano, they know the ropes. I think they, they have – I'm sure that there's some inside stuff how you can avoid getting – you get around certain – but they don't pay guys $300,000 to be a fucking receiver. That's true. If you want to be the highest paid player at your position in the league, you're not going to be a Calgary Stampeder. Quote, unquote, John Huffnagel. Don't do it. Go find somebody else. Okay, moving on, because I don't want to talk about this one anymore. But salary is just cheating. It gets my nerves up. I said, if you can't play a game within the rules, then don't play. If you're going to cheat at Monopoly, you're going to cheat at Crib, don't play. Uh, and I hate the fucking line. I absolutely hate the line. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. <clears throat> what bullshit? Okay. Charles, I'm going to defer to you on this because I really don't know anything about it. The Canadian Football League announces the relaunch of CFL Game Zone. I know. I have no idea what this is. I didn't Basically, read it. Basically... Basically, what it is is this new company. Well, I can't remember the name of the company. Or what's it called? Um, we've talked about them before. Um, I, I know who you mean. Basically, they've re, they're relaunching the CFO Game Zone, which is basically the in-game stats uh, for all the games. So they've updated, and God, this has needed to be done for so long because. CFL.ca has been terrible for in-game stats live as they're going on. So this is basically a relaunch of that with new um, 
new um, what's a, a a new in-game live stats that'll apparently be much higher than or much better than they have been previously. And again, like I okay, said, so uh, where, it's been needed. Where is this? Where are we going to be able to where see this? What? This, I what believe, is, will be uh, reported the, the, ga- the game stats that are going to be a part of CFL.ca. It needs to be an app. Well, you can also go to the CFL Nobody app go- as well. We don't have an app. Oh, that's right. CFL they got did rid away of with their oh, app about four years ago. We don't have one. That's right. Nobody You can go on the browser or whatever and go to CFL.ca. Right, but nobody goes to websites anymore. They're, they're, websites are passe. Who cares what's on your website? Nobody updates them properly, right? So it needs to be an app, and we don't have an app, mm-hmm. and we need one. Uh, you're thinking of Genius Ge- Genius, Genius Sports, Sport, right? Genius Sports, yes. yes. This Genius is part Sports. of that. And this is one of the, one of the things that they did. And, and, and good yep. on them. Everything else is wonderful. It's just, but I think they might be put in the cart before the horse. I mean, 12-year-old kids can design apps. Why can't we have one for the CFL? I, I don't Fair get question. it. I, I'm, I'm confused. We're supposed to be trying to encourage younger generations to follow the sports, and they can't. Uh, it boggles the mind. Okay. Uh, anybody want to touch this? Rudy, William, you got anything to no. add to this? Nope. Okay. CFL's thrilled with ticket sales for Touchdown Atlantic, but the game is still not sold out. They're thrilled. They've sold more than four tickets. Uh, I'm just going to move on. I'm sorry. I I, I don't want to talk about it. Um, These two things are, are together. They're associated. There's something going on here in Toronto. Senior advisor Jim Barker is leaving the Argos and will return to TSN. Okay, now, nobody leaves a job. Nobody quits a job to go work on the panel at TSN. Jim Barker got fired. Why don't they just come out and say it? Jim Barker, your services are no longer required with the Toronto Argonauts. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, I got a job on TSN. They're going to call me the coach. Okay, so... Obviously, there was a problem in the Argos head office because the next thing is suspended front office executive John Murphy is expected to rejoin the Argos. Now, John Murphy, who got suspended from his job in the head office, will now go back to the Argos now that Jim Barker is long gone. Do you think there was a conflict of interest or a conflict of personalities here? Oh, I'd love think? to know what's going on in Argo. Uh, Michael Clemens, what's going on? John Murphy gets suspended from his job. The team fires Jim Barker and brings John Murphy back. 
So why would yeah, you yeah, spend yeah, it yeah. again? Former Vice President of Player Personnel John Murphy is expected to return. Murphy is often credited as one of the architects of the Argos Greek Grey Cup winning team. Multiple videos surfaced on social media following Toronto's playoff loss to Hamilton Tiger Cats at BMO Field, allegedly capturing an altercation between Murphy and the Ticat fan. All the right. pair appeared to be physically jostling at the stadium barricade while security tried to prevent the men from exchanging blows. So this actually has nothing to do with Jim Barker. Okay. So they suspended him for a while. A terrible choice and a decision to use language that is unacceptable while professing his intentions to assist in making a positive impact for the LGBTQ plus community going forward. So obviously he used a derogatory term to this fan that seems to have upset the alphabet clan. Oh, fuck. We could spend the rest of the show talking about transgenders, but we won't. Um, Probably best we don't. The show would get canceled. Probably best we don't. The show would get canceled. No, it wouldn't. I I don't know. I I haven't seen... I, I don't know if they can do that. Okay. Let's not find out. I, 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 no, 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 no. I, I don't think they can because uh, Matt Walsh has got a podcast. I don't know if it's on Blog Talk or not, but he, he's not a fan of this, this entire scenario. And his podcast hasn't got canceled yet. And he's still live out there on Twitter because Elon doesn't kick anybody off. Not anymore. Okay. No. Bombers bring back kicker Sergio Castillo an hour after his being released from Edmonton. Well, Bombers don't have a kicker. Elks didn't have a kicker. Sergio's getting really old. He makes some kicks. He doesn't make some kicks. I don't know if recycling garbage is the answer, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Okay. You it's better than what they had. Way better. Yeah. yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, it, it's not a bad move, um, but it's not a long-term solution. Yeah, no, they, they need, I mean, after Medlock left there, they've been kind of scrambling. Yeah. They, if you think, if you think paying a receiver $300,000 is stupid and ridiculous. You got to think kick, paying a kicker $275,000 is fucking way worse. Way worse. Yeah. Right. It's true. I mean, how Will, can you do that? Will doesn't want to pay him 25 bucks. 
I wouldn't have a kicker on my team. Wouldn't have a kicker on my team. I mean, I mean, think about it. Think about it. The Bombers have won two great cups in the last three years without having a kicker. No, that doesn't make any sense. What are you talking? That's true. Uh, Medlock was uh, five, five for six in the Grey Cup, and Castillo was five for five, and made all his converts. And the Bombers won the Grey Cup in overtime. So how is he not important? And he boomed uh, kickoffs for for single points to get us the the point to get us into overtime. It was all about kicking in, in, in the in the win in Hamilton. Although Castillo, there's no great cup. He should have been the MVP of that of that game. Two and a half quarters. He played a good fourth and overtime. Well, here's my 100, philosophy. 100%. Here's my here's my philosophy with kickers, Rudy. Okay. <laughs> if you if you wanna if you wanna take over the island burn the fucking boats. My philosophy is if you want to win a great cup, don't use a kicker. Be a man. Score touchdowns. Now, the defense gets paid too. Sorry? I said the defense gets paid too. That didn't make sense. Okay. I said the defense gets paid. Moving on. He says, he says score touchdowns. Calgary Stampeders season ticket base down 30% over the last eight years. So, everybody's season ticket base is down. Every team across the league. I, mean, I, I don't see why this is important. They've been a pretty successful I mean, it's substantial. team. Though. Yeah. They, they have been very successful. Um, and since 2015, they've been successful. Why a 30% drop in, in tickets? I don't know. I mean, we, Will and I were talking about this offline. There's just not enough revenue or income or disposable income in the Alberta marketplace. They went through a few bad years with an NDP government. Uh, the oil department is just sucks. Trudeau is being a dick. Um, there's been fires. There's been all sorts of things. It's just generally been a, not a uh, hospitable environment to economic in, in Alberta. Not that it has been in British Columbia or any of the other provinces, but Alberta has taken a brunt of it, considering how prosperous it had has been. Is this a uh, a symptom of the economic times in Alberta right now? Possibly. I honestly don't think that season tickets in the CFL are that expensive. No, they're not. Now, granted, if if you don't have money for food or you don't have money for car insurance or you don't have money, then you shouldn't be buying season tickets to a, a, a for-profit sports organization. Um, 
you just shouldn't be doing it. But, you know, a season ticket, I don't care what city you're in in, in Canada, I don't think it's much more than $1,000 for the year. There's only nine games. You're, you're hard-pressed to pay 100 bucks a game for a ticket for a CFL game. Those are the best seats out there. So to say that your season ticket base has gone down when people have stopped buying $400 seats, there's, it, something's more wrong. There's something seriously wrong. Yeah, you know, I also tend to wonder. Um, I, I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I know Calgary doesn't put a lot of money into marketing. Never have. Um, but they've never you know, needed to. They've, the fans in the past have shown up pretty good. Yeah, but not. You know what? I. I, I you hardly ever, I can't even remember the last time there was a sellout. I mean, can't even remember. So, I, I just, I wonder if it's an aging CFL population. People just aren't interested um, in football. Because I'm sorry, and we've talked about this before. You have to be a lot more educated to understand football than you do other sports. Um, and if you don't know, if you don't know what you're watching, football can be pretty boring. Let's face it. Um, and I don't know. Maybe there. I, I, once again, Canada is Canada, or sorry, Calgary is a hockey city. So. And, you know, in a lot of situations, they say if your team wins, it will bring the people in. That is the case in Calgary where hockey is concerned, but not where football is concerned. Okay. There's a lot of things that that are are factoring into this. Age of fans, uh, streaming services, uh, 15 minute cities, all, all of the above things that are going to factor into why Thursday Thursday this, night games, Thursday night games, Thursday night yeah. games. Oh, they're dumb. I wish he would have the smarts to do away with that. So stupid. Agreed. Okay. Randy Ambrosi says the conversation around expansion to Halifax has been re-energized. For whom? Haven't they fired him yet? No, they haven't fired him yet. They need to fire him, but they haven't. And what's changed in Halifax? Nothing. No, no. They don't have a stadium. They don't have an owner. Two things that I thought were important. Mm, I would say so. Fans would be good. They can't even sell out one game. 
And they ripped off a bunch of people getting a, uh, um, deposits for a team that didn't exist, and now uh, people have had all sorts of yeah. problems trying to yeah. get that money back. And a lot of cases have The guy took off. That's, there's, what? I think the guy took off. Or the guy's yeah. like there's gone. a way to build up some guilt, uh, goodwill for you. Take your money and don't give it back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, actually, I heard somewhere that uh, um, Ticketmaster is refunding their money. Well, yeah, I would hope even though would. Ticket, even though Ticketmaster can't get the money back from the guys who absconded with it. But I, I haven't heard anything further on that, and nobody has come out and announced that they actually got their money back yet. So we're going to leave it that one alone and, as a vicious rumor and see what happens. Okay, now we're finished, Charles' agenda. We still have 26 minutes left in the show. Uh, we did skip over the draft because it's non-essential or ridiculous or something else, not necessary. So these are – Story CFL storylines, according to Rod Peterson, uh, rodpeterson.com, uh, he put out these ten top ten CFL storylines heading into 2023 season, and these are the questions. Number ten: Will the Hamilton Tiger Cats appear in the Grey Cup in their own stadium like they did in 2021? but finally win it all and end the CFL's longest drought. Rudy, will they appear in the Grey Cup? Will they win the game? Will they destroy their drought? They're going to get to the Grey Cup game. And, man, it's like they're almost due. It's like almost like 1986 when they played Dunnigan and the Eskimos who were overwhel- overwhelming favorites and they just kicked the shit out of Edmonton and Matt Dunnigan. Um, kind of like that scenario. So I think, I think that's close to the truth. I think that could happen. So, so you're saying yes, Hamilton will be in the Grey Cup and yes, Hamilton will win. Well, that's what you said. No, this is a yes or no question. Yeah, I'm going to win. I'll bet it too. Okay, Charles. Charles, will the tie count yeah. appear in the Grey Cup? Yes or no? Will they win it? Yes or no? No. I don't think they're going to get to the Grey Cup because I don't think Bo Levi Mitchell is going to uh, stay healthy for most wow. of the season, and, and he and they've got really no backup now. So no, I don't think they're going to make the Grey Cup. Okay, William. Yes, they will make the Grey Cup, and no, they will not win the Grey Cup. Okay, and I'm going to go with Charles. No, they're not making it to the Grey Cup. So they obviously can't win it if they're not in it because Paul Levi Mitchell is not going to last the season. <clears throat> okay, moving along. Number nine, will Trevor Harris experience a career, a career renaissance in Saskatchewan and revive the failing, ailing franchise? Christopher will answer this one first. 
No. Trevor Harris will not experience a career renaissance in Saskatchewan and revive this ailing franchise. No, 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 no. Why? Craig Dickinson is still the coach. Charles, your question. Will Trevor Harris experience a career renaissance in Saskatchewan? Yes or no? He might have you a decent start on your answer. Career renaissance, no. I mean, what did the career well, renaissance yeah. look like for him? Well, it, it would mean that Saskatchewan, they would have to have a winning season. They would have to go deep into the playoffs. They would have to be in the Grey Cup. They They might not have to win it, but... They, they have to do something of subs, substance for this to be, uh, you know, you can't you can't say you're having a renaissance and, and end up in fourth place in the West and a crossover. That's not a renaissance. True. No. Okay, it's not. Okay? It means that they have to finish in the top one or two in the Western Division. They have to go deep into the playoffs and possibly get into the Grey Cup. That would be, to me, is, is Trevor Harris has done well, and that's how they've revived the nailing franchise in Saskatchewan. <laughs> Will he do that, Charles? No. Okay. Would you like to expand on that, or do we ask Will? I just I don't think they're a good enough team. I don't like their coach. I just don't think they have the pieces to really turn that around. Agreed, 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 agreed. William. You know what? I think uh, Trevor Harris will make them better because he's the first quarterback they've had since since Zach Kolaris, to be honest with you. And uh, well, he and he lasted all of three plays. Yeah, well, he played the year before that, didn't he, or something like that? Anyway, yeah, but not very much. Yeah, but so so I think they'll be better at quarterback. Um, I think their team's going to be better. Do I think they're making the Great Cup? Not a chance. And and the main reason for that, I don't think the coaching staff is very good. Are are they going to be over five hundred in football? Are they going to uh, get yeah. nine wins. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Okay. I t- remember I told you Calgary's going to be fifth in the East. West. Sorry. Okay. Rudy. Uh, no, uh, I think they'll be better. Five hundred at best, so nine and nine at the very best, um, and nothing special. No great cup. No. No Cinderella story, but maybe some maybe some hope for 2024. Maybe, I don't think so. It's the eighth year under Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. Will the league finally experience growth? Okay, he he doesn't define growth, and I I, I want to know first off. How can you define growth? How can the league grow? 
is it because of an expansion team or is it because uh, of, of dollar value? Is it um, fans in the seats, butts in the seats? Uh, what, what defines growth? Uh, you know, sometimes a growth is not a good thing. You know, if you have a growth on your butt, that's not a good thing. Okay. Um, eight years under Randy Ambrosi. It's like a sentence. When do we get off for good behavior and get rid of this guy? Eight years. Has it been eight years already? Oh, my God. It's, it's monotonous. It hasn't been eight years. William. It hasn't. It hasn't been eight years. I'm no, I yeah, don't. It has. Think. No, it hasn't. It, it can't be eight years because we no, we took, we've only been on the air for seven years. We've only been on the air for seven years, and we were talking about it when uh, Jeffrey Orridge being fired. Right. Weren't we? Because yep. we we started in twenty. We started in June of 20... 2016. 15, 2015. Well, maybe maybe it was. Maybe it... He's, no, it, it could be. It could very well be eight years. Wow. Oh, my God. Feels like eternity. Does anybody here on the panel like Randy Ambrosi? That's six years. I, I don't Do you like Randy Ambrosi as the commissioner? Not particularly. I was willing to give him a try, but I just I haven't seen really any anything that's substantial enough to think that he's done a good job. Well, he sure I tried mean, a lot any, of things that failed. Look at, but look at the market you have to deal with. It, it's tough. I mean, I don't know what an, a new commissioner would, would bring. He'll have, this, he'll have the same issue to deal with. And he might try some different ways to do it. I don't know. I don't. And, you know, you also have private owners with any community-owned teams. So they clash. So, I mean, he has to balance those, you know, what each franchise wants, right? Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, Edmonton are community-owned. Then you have private-owned teams. They both run their franchises differently. So, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of conflict behind closed doors and how the league should be run. Uh, He's trying different American networks. So I don't know. He can't can't make Halifax build a stadium. And that's been a 40-year issue. So that's, I mean... I'm not sure what the answer is for the right commissioner for the CFL. I'm not, I don't I'm not think he has the answer to the CFL. Okay. Jumping along. Number seven. This has two parts to it, 7A and 7B, because they're definitely different. But it's all about the Elks. Will the Chris Jones-led Edmonton Elks finally win a home game under the name Elks? They never have. And part B is, 
Is it too late to go back to the name Eskimos? I'm going to touch this one. Yes, they're going to win a home game. Uh, the fact that it's, it's not a curse, it's not because they changed the name that they haven't won a game at home. That's ridiculous, absolutely stupid. Uh, Chris Jones is turning this team around. In my opinion, they're going to do very well this year coming up. Uh, how well, I don't know yet. Uh, yes, they'll win games at home. That's a re- it's ridiculous to think that they wouldn't win a game at home. Is it too late to go back to the Eskimos? Absolutely. Absolutely it's too late. I, I, I hate the fact they changed their name. I despise anybody who suggested that they needed to change the name. It was not offensive. There was nothing the matter with it. There's not a hope in hell that you can go backwards right now. There's no way that you can go back to the old name right now. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. No, I, 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 I just don't see that ever happening. Charles, you jumped in on that one. Are they going to win a home game? I do think that at some point this year they will win a home game, yes. Yeah, probably four. That means it's going to be a better team this year. And it's too late to change the name back. Yeah, you agree with that? Let's not go there. Enough, enough. I had no problem no, with the name, but many, you're not going to go back to Eskimos. I wouldn't wish mind they if could. they did, but I just don't. No. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I, I just don't see it happening. No. Okay, Rudy. Yes, but with a home game, and no, it, it's way it's way too late to change back to uh, the uh, S. So yeah, uh, William, William. Yes, I know, you're going to say you don't care because it's Edmonton. So, yes, they're going to win a home game. I mean, hey, they have to eventually. And, uh, yeah, no, no, they're not changing the name back. Give me your head a shake. <laughs> yeah. Okay, moving on. Number six, at age 57, Bob Dice has finally gotten the reins to a team and not on the interim. Can he be the one to turn the Ottawa Red Blacks around? My answer to this one is yes. Uh, is it going to be all about Bob Dice? No. I think Ottawa Red Blacks have a lot of really good pieces in play, and they just didn't have the right glue they didn't couldn't really bind them together is bob dice going to be to do that possibly everybody likes him but when a coach is well liked that usually doesn't plan for much success although chris jones is extremely well liked by his personnel and players so could bob dice finally turn ottawa around i believe ottawa is going to have the renaissance that uh, they were trying to give to Trevor Harris in Saskatchewan. I think Ottawa is going to do well this year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them go long in the playoffs, if not in the Grey Cup. My opinion. William, let you go first. 
Yeah, I'm... Uh, Bob Dice. I, is he going to make a difference? Is he going to make a difference? I like Bob Dice. I'm glad he's going to finally get a chance. Um, so let's see what he can do. Because, I mean, let's face it, guys. He's a... He's the freshest blood we've had in the CFN in a long time as a head coach, if you think about it. So, we'll yeah. see what he does. Well, he he's a rookie head coach with the most experience. Yeah, and so I also, and I also think Ottawa is going to do well, better this year, because, I mean, number one, they play in the East, so you can do well. And number two... Yeah. Number two, they'll do well the minute Jeremiah Mazzoli gets hurt and they put Nick Arbuckle in. So, because Jeremiah Mazzoli yeah. will get hurt. He will get hurt, I guarantee you. And he's not okay. a good quarterback. So, there you go. Okay, Bob Dice. It's going to make a difference in Ottawa. Yeah, I think so. I think he's a new, like uh, Will said, he's a new guy. He's not some recycled guy that's been with other teams. I mean, he had the one little stint there in Saskatchewan where he was the interim coach for like four games. But in reality, he is a rookie head coach. But maybe that's what they need. Um, They tried recycling, uh, what's his face, Uh, Paul Apolis. Paul Apolis. Yeah, so, yeah, I think he can make a difference, and I think uh, uh, Ottawa could be the, uh, well, I think Ottawa will be the most improved team this year by quite a bit. Yes, Uh, I happen to agree. Rudy? I'll say yes, only because it's the East Division, and honestly, I don't know if they even try for the first 14 games. So, yeah, they'll, they'll probably be around 8 and 10, which is all you need in the East to get, get into the playoffs. So, yeah, they'll have a shot. I mean, let's face okay. it. Ottawa could win, very easily win the East. They're in the East. They could very easily win that division this year. Yeah. Sure. Well, that's what I said. and I think they will. I mean – Toronto doesn't have, Chad Kelly's their quarterback. We don't know anything about him. Good, bad, or ugly. Bo Levi Mitchell is Hamilton's quarterback and with, with no backup. If he goes down, when he goes down, they're fucked. What does Montreal have? Cody Fajardo. Good luck with that. We lost some players. Okay. There's no reason in the world Ottawa cannot be talked about in the conversation of winning the Eastern Division. Okay. I'm moving along. We're we're running out of time here. Can the BC Lions win without Nathan Rourke? Of course they can. Can they win at all? Yet to be seen. But they're going to be a, a force to be reckoned with in the CFL, my opinion. I'm going to let Charles go next. Charles, can BC win without Nathan Rourke? Yes, because, A, I think they're going to have a really, really good defense this year. 
And B, uh, I still think the guys he got, uh, Vernon Adams, Dane Evans, they're not Nathan Rourke, but they're both very capable quarterbacks with still an excellent receiving core. Obviously, going into the season, there is uh, the question mark at running back with the departure of James Butler. But as uh, Will always yes. says, running backs are a dime a dozen, so we could pull the guy so you know, we'll see who emerges from uh, training camp. Yeah, I think the Lions can win it all. Will they? We'll see. But can they? Yes. Can they? Yes. Will they? Yet to be seen. Mm-hmm. Bertie, go quick. They'll uh, be in the playoffs, so anything can happen. Okay. William? Yes, they yes they can win without Nathan Rourke. No, they will not win the Great Cup. Yeah. That, 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 it's not going to affect me. Okay, uh, 4A and 4B, I don't understand what these are, uh, but let's see what's going on. It, it is Rod Peterson, so he needs to talk about the Riders more than anybody else. Uh, 4A is, will Cody Fajardo revive his career in Montreal and prove the Riders were the problem, not him? No. <laughs> no. Does anybody say yes? Is that a fucking question? No. <laughs> no. Yes, it's a question, okay? Part B, will the Rough Riders surprise the Pugnets, or is a pre-Labor Day house cleaning in the cards? Oh, I think it's the latter. Mm. Yeah, I would that's... say that's more likely. Well, is it? It could be There's neither, no but... reason for them to have kept Jeremy O'Day and Craig Dickinson on the payroll right now other than the fact that they couldn't fire them and hire new people because of the management salary cap. Firing you know them what? before Labor Day makes no sense. You know what? Um, unless unless they win the Great Cup or get real close to winning the Great Cup, they're both gone next year. Of course they are. 100%. But if Owen, Owen pitches his tent in Regina this year and they are 0-6 or 0-8 coming up into Labor Day, which is week 10, Will they terminate these people now, or can they just simply not do that because of the salary cap, the management cap situation? They That's will the terminate. They will terminate them, but I don't think they're going to be O N six or O N eight. I think they're going to be mediocre, but not that. They're going to be five hundred at the worst. Yeah. Okay. I think they'll be good enough to I, last the season. They're not going to get anywhere. No. Okay, we've only got three minutes left, so let's run through the last couple real quick, okay? Did the Calgary Stampeders make the right move in handing the keys to the franchise to third-year quarterback Jake Mayer? William, go. This is your no. question. No, no, They did not. Well, they didn't make the right move? Do you think you should have kept Bo Levi Mitchell? Didn't say that either. <laughs> what was your other option? I don't know. I didn't think of any other options. 
Maybe they have somebody waiting in the wings. You never know with those guys. Yeah. You never know. Okay. Uh, moving on, because we have to. Do the Winnipeg Blue Bombers make it fourth straight Grey Cup, and do they win it? Rudy, answer this. Are the Bombers going to the Grey Cup? Do they win? Quick. They're going to the Grey Cup. They're going to the Grey Cup. That's all I'll say. I'm not, I don't give predictions okay. on Grey Cup games. To How will Bo Levi Mitchell avenge being discarded from the Calgary Stampeders, the franchise with whom he won two Grey Cups and became their all-time batting leader? How will he, he – he's not going to. He's not going to finish the season. He is going to get hurt, my opinion. Two minutes left in the show. Agreed. Charles, do you agree with that? Uh, yes, I do. William, do you agree with that? You know what? I, I think Bo's got lots of heart, but I don't think his body will match up to his heart this year. So, Yeah. Rudy, do you say you have a different opinion? Uh, he'll get them to the great part. Okay. This has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 529. I'm your host, Christopher Jones. Uh, we got to talk some football and wrap it. We, we just ran out of time again. We absolutely love talking football. Uh, great storylines. Thank you, Rod Peterson, for this list. Uh, it was definitely fun to play with, even though some of them were funny and ridiculous. But so be it. I'll keep reading your stuff because I like to. Uh, that's the end of our show. We'll see you next week. Uh, training camp starts on Sunday. Pay attention to football. Charles, say goodnight. Goodnight, folks. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Ready. Goodnight, everyone. Have a good week. And my friend, William. Good night, everybody. Just keep on waiting. Football's almost here. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Good night.